This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 29th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The definitions of mental illnesses are intensely political within psychiatry. And since the government bestows benefits based on mental illness, the newest revision of the DSM has a whole other political dimension. Walter Olson, senior fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. American Psychiatric Association is doing a huge revision of its so-called Bible of Mental Diagnoses, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, uh, which has been known as DSM-IV and is going to be known as DSM-V when they're done with the revision. And uh, the definitions of mental disorders are going to be expanded so that um, uh, it will be easier to diagnose a mental disorder with uh, fewer symptoms uh, so that uh, new disorders like uh, internet addiction syndrome, which have not been recognized, will uh, emerge as recognized entities with medical significance and much more. And this is a political document within uh, the profession just because certain things used to be there that aren't anymore. Or it is a constant battleground and a tug of war has gone on for many decades. Things have been taken out, such as homosexuality. Uh, things have been um, controversial um, in both directions. And uh, it is important as a practical level in all sorts of decisions about uh, what will be paid for uh, and as well, we will see in the um, regulatory domain of uh, who can sue who, uh, who is entitled to what kind of uh, benefits in the workplace. All right. So, uh, so we're talking about disabilities then. We're talking about disabilities, and that plays out legally in several different ways. There is the well-known Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, it may be that until up to now, uh, an employer uh, had a good case resisting uh, accommodating someone's internet addiction syndrome. Uh, that may be harder once it's a recognized disorder. Uh, likewise, it is important for uh, a law like the Family and Medical Leave Act. Uh, if you have to take time off work to get rehab for your internet addiction, uh, you may have a much better case now. Years ago, uh, with the Americans with Disabilities Act, we heard these uh, you know, oddball stories about uh, alcoholic school bus drivers who, uh, because they had begun seeking treatment, could not be fired. And those are not just stories of the past. Uh, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission only within the last few months, sued a major trucking line, which was taking the view that it didn't want to put drivers behind the wheel of its big rigs if they had a serious drinking history. And the EEOC said, no, 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 if they uh, uh, give you the paperwork that they're in a rehab program, you have to treat them just as if they'd never had an alcohol pro problem in the first place. And that seems somewhat crazy to the uh, managers of the trucking company and seems somewhat crazy to many of us on the outside. But uh, to the EEOC, this is a discrimination matter, and it's just as invidious as if you were considering their race or their sex. The gradual progress of the ADA from something that was initially proposed with reference to traditional disabled groups like the blind and the deaf and those in wheelchairs to uh, its eventual expansion to cover almost everything that can go wrong bodily or mentally or behaviorally with any of us and, and provide some sort of protection uh, for uh, things that go wrong with, with, with people um, has been a step-by-step -step process. And for a long time, the courts resisted the idea idea of expanding it too broadly to uh, disabilities that were either considered minor or were considered partially within people's control. Uh, and uh, the, 
expansion of the DSM is just one more step and not the biggest step in the continual expansion of these laws uh, to the point where employers are in danger of violating them every day without even knowing it. Uh, and uh, one of the most important steps was taken uh, a few years ago when Congress passed uh, the ADA Amendments Act, which uh, reversed some Supreme Court decisions, which had tended to limit what got counted as a disability. And Congress's view, and it was amazing how uncontroversial this was in Congress, at least, uh, Congress's view is, no, 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 uh, you know, let, let everyone in, even if the disability seems minor or is not traditional disability, even if it's invisible, um, let people um, claim protection and uh, the, we'll have the argument over whether the accommodation is reasonable or not. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll argue downstream about whether the, the employer did enough, not about whether it was a disability or not. And once that battle was lost, uh, the floodgates really did open. I mean, and now many more ADA claims are being pressed. Uh, but it's still worth watching the actions of the psychiatrists on this because it um, can serve as sort of a confirmation, uh, as uh, an encouragement for people to take things that may be at, really at the borderline between a personality trait and a psychological disability. Uh, you know, how bad does laziness have to get before it becomes a psychological disability? How bad does, um, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, talk back at it and they've got actually some name for the syndrome of a, uh, oppositional defiant syndrome or something like that to, to refer to when teenage personalities become so argumentative that it's actually a syndrome and a disorder. But uh, with the continual liberalization, the, uh, the profession is kind of putting its stamp of approval on, uh, sure, you know, let's uh, make more and more of this into a recognized clinical entity and thus a recognized legal entity. To some extent, then, the, the Congress is delegating uh, some authority to, to this psychiatric association? Very much so, and it's not as controversial in other areas because clearly uh, when it comes to uh, counting who is uh, paraplegic or not, uh, doctors get to make that determination and it has legal implications. But when you get into the mental and behavioral uh, uh, setting, uh, when you get into the sorts of frailties that afflict everyone, and, and one of the areas that DSM is changing is mild cognitive deficit. Now, uh, almost everyone who worries about getting old recognizes that uh, as people get older, uh, one of the things that so often hits them is mild cognitive deficit. And until we medicalized it, it was just considered part of life. Now that we are medicalizing it, uh, the uh, employer is being faced with uh, yet a new twist on age discrimination law. They already knew that you couldn't look at the number of calendar years and make decisions based on that. But what if the person just seems to be in a gradual decline? Uh, do they need accommodation now? Maybe they do, legally. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.